I'd like to give a big shout out to the Hoodoo Gurus who have given us permission to use part of their song, That's My Team, as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tucker Podcast. We've got a few new sponsors with the podcast as of this week. We've got SkySpark Electrical. For all of your electrical service needs, based from Gosford all the way through to Nelson's Bay to Patonga and even the Sydney North Shore, they'll get they'll help you out for the right job. They'll even go even further than outside of their service areas. Be sure to give Roger from SkySpark Electrical a call and tell him the Final Tackle sent you. Rightio, so we've actually got a special guest. Um... His name is Big Man, Daryl Broman. Thank you very much for joining us today, mate. CJ, all good, champ? Yeah, no, nah, no worries. So, I mean, let's get started. Obviously, at the start of your career, you started in the BRL. Um, to anyone who's listening who doesn't know what the BRL is, it was more or less, you could say, a rival to the NSWRL up in Queensland. You played for the North Devils. What was that like? That's fantastic, mate. I, I grew up all my life uh, being a North supporter. Oh, I, I lived wow. In those, well, in those days... I uh, wherever you lived, you had to play for that club. So yeah, it was. I lived in the northern suburbs, so I had to play for North. So I supported them for a long time. Uh, when I was probably about between eight and ten, they had a good run. They ran, won about four or five premierships in a row, and oh, wow. it was pretty pretty easy to follow them in those days. But uh, it all happened very quickly for me. I played all my junior football with North. We had a very good junior side. Yep. Um, Played in every grand final from under 11s right through to the 18s. Oh wow! I think we, yeah, we won five of them. So we we had a good side. My dad coached most of the time, so it was good. Honestly, that would have been awesome. Um, and then obviously you went down from the BRL down to the NSWRL for the Panthers. What was it like playing a in the NSWRL and the differences compared to the BRL and the NSWRL? Um, it was a better standard competition. There's no doubt about that. And. I must admit, when, when I left Brisbane, I was, I was a bit apprehensive. I didn't know whether I was good enough to play uh, first-grade football down in, in uh, Sydney. But as it turned out, once I got down here, I realised the players were really no better than the players I played with and against in Queensland. The only difference really being that most sides in New South Wales had probably 20-odd first-grade standard players, whereas in Brisbane, there was probably about eight or nine. Okay. Um, so it was, it was a big step for me. I brought my family down and... And uh, you know, I had to go from Brisbane to Sydney, so that they were it wasn't it wasn't easy, but I immediately was felt made welcome by the players, and um, I think they raised their eyebrows a little bit when we first started trading because one of the blokes they bought from Brisbane, and I came down with Nick Geiger, who was okay. the current Australian Australian hooker at that stage, so he went to Penrith, he put a good word in for me, got me a start at Penrith, and but what, unfortunately for me, once we started training, I was like tailed off at everything we did, all the long runs and everything. And I'm, I'm sure the players were raising their eyebrows thinking, geez, we've got a fat EP here. <laughs> and because uh, Penrith at that stage hadn't had a good record, CJ, of buying mm. uh, imports. Okay. But but I ended up, I had a pretty good year, one player of the year. So, oh, wow. And, and, I, and I fitted in well with the players. Players are good guys. And, you know, they made me feel really welcome. And uh, it, was, it was a nice start to my career, even though Penrith, we had very little success. 
Yeah, true. And success was to come later on in your career, if if you please. Um, with the Bulldogs, you went over to them after your first stint with the Panthers. You won the '84 Grand Final, and the Bulldogs then went on to play in the '85 Grand Final, which you weren't a part of. But you went yep. on to win the Grand Final. What was that like? Um, you know, Grand Final day and winning sort of thing. Oh, CJ, it's the best experience of my life. I'm fortunate enough to play a couple of State of Origin games. I had a game <laughs> in Queensland against um, yep. against Great Britain, but uh, to win a grand final, it's what you strive for. As a little boy, all you want to do is A, win a grand final and B, play well, for, for your Australia, country. Yep. Yeah, but I, I didn't get the opportunity. Well, I had the opportunity, but I didn't play for Australia, but I did win a grand final, which is... You know, a lot more than some some other people do have some, done in their some, career. Some people make make only make grand finals but lose, sort of thing. Well, I mean, it, it is the highlight of my career, and I, I feel fortunate to have done what I've done and to play in such a great club. The Bulldogs are a fantastic club. Uh, they give you great support on the field and off the field. You know, I played with players like Terry Lamb, Steve Mortimer, oh. Peter Kelly, Langmack, oh, Les, so many folks, <laughs> You know, uh, the Mortimer brothers, Andrew Farah. Oh. Yeah, Mick Potter, you know, there was mate, just heaps of them there, mate. Yeah, uh, it was a great club, and, and they made me feel very welcome. I, I, um, you know, I, I, I come off a, uh, I broke my jaw in '83, and I went to the Bulldogs in '84, so I'd come off missing most of the season, and I actually dislocated my shoulder in our very first trial game against oh. uh, St George, so I had to have an operation, so I missed half the season in '84, so. Besides being a new boy, I was I wasn't on the field, so mm. it just made it, just made it. I, I just felt not all, they 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 were very welcoming, but I just yeah. felt a bit awkward that I wasn't, uh, you know, okay. I wasn't contributing. Yep, yeah, okay, but, well, more than you could have, minus injury sort of thing. Yeah, well, it, it was an injury, but I, I mean, again, I, I had to fight my way back, and I I, mm. I played about half a dozen reserve grade games, but I wasn't right. My shoulder wasn't right. I I, I just wasn't playing particularly well there. I'll give you an example of what happened. Yeah. Being in the right spot at the right time. We were playing uh, Cronulla one day at Belmore Oval and we were having a really good season, um, Canterbury at the time. Anyway, Cronulla was being coached by Jack Gibson and mm. our coach was Warren Ryan. Yep. Now, Warren Warren was a great, great coach and I've never played under Jack Gibson, but he was always regarded as the super coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, well this day, Warren took it very personally uh, As Cronulla in the, would the match up against Jack Gibson. Oh yeah, he always wanted to beat Jack Gibson. Okay, wanted to beat yeah. Jack Gibson. Anyway, I'd played reserve grade and sat on the bench. For, in those days, you sat on the bench for first, uh, played reserve grade, sat on the bench for first grade. Well, yep. at halftime, Cronulla were giving the Bulldogs a bit of a hiding, which was oh. quite unusual. And Warren, you know, he had the shit, so he said, "Well, that's four, he took four blokes off and put four on at half time, and I just happened to be one of them. Yep. Anyway, as luck would have it, we played better second half. We still lost. Yeah, but still but, played but much better. Played okay, and come Tuesday night, the four of us retained our spot in the yeah. first grade side. And the four that and, got sent off didn't. No, and, and we never <laughs> lost another game. Went through the, about the last eight games undefeated. Wow. Won a grand final. It was tremendous. Wow, that's amazing. I was going to say, that also covers the question. Um, one of my neighbours diehard Bulldogs tragic, and so he's like a fourth generation Bulldogs tragic. <coughs> he was going to say, what was it like to be coached by Warren Ryan? But that helps sum that up, really. But if you could sum up the uh, man himself, what was he like as a coach? Uh, intense. Um, brilliant. He showed me things. Like, when I went to the Bulldogs, I was... Uh, how old was I? 84. I was uh, 28. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd been around a while and played a bit of football, but 
he taught me things I'd, I'd never been taught and it, he just completely opened my eyes to how the game should and can be played and and he was a trailblazer to be honest with you he, he instead of in my day we used to divide the field up from try line to try line and get to specific positions on the field to put plays on yep well he not only did that he did it from sideline to sideline as well to get, oh wow you know positions on the field where you can attack better and that's something i'd never been taught but he taught me that and uh you know, I, I haven't seen him for quite a while. I hope he's in good health. I understand he's, he's pretty good. Um, but uh, he was phenomenal. He was a great, great coach. I was lucky enough to play under some some really good coaches. I had a uh, game under Wayne Bennett. Oh, wow. I, I played my first state of origin under Arthur Beetson, which was a dream come true. Oh, for any Queenslander, um, for sure. Uh, well, he's the best player I've ever seen. And, you know, I, I loved Arthur Beetson. Growing up as a boy, he was my idol. And I would say he's probably the same for a number of players, particularly Queenslanders. Oh, I'm, I'm um, a and Queenslander through and through, so yeah, time for Well, and, and if you're a forward... Um, <laughs> Even you know, more he, so. He, he was the man. So, I, mate, I'm blessed. You know, I, 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 I do have some regrets. I, I wished I'd played for Australia, and I also mm-hmm. I wished I'd trained a bit harder. Had I trained a bit harder, I probably would have played for Australia, but I, I was do a bit lazy. Do you reckon maybe off. if you'd have trained, trained a bit harder, you would have maybe played a few years more, do you reckon? or? Uh, no, maybe not necessarily, but uh, I, I probably would have achieved a little bit more, I think, as a, as a player. Yep. Uh, but that's that's the way it is. I, I didn't, and I, I you know pro- probably suffered the consequences, but I had a pretty good But hey, you, had a, good you had a good stint of 10 years, at least. At least, which is apparently now the average is five years of a first for, of a first grade career, and yeah, I don't know what it is to be yeah. honest with you, but mate, I was lucky enough to play a number of uh, nearly a hundred first grade games with uh, Penrith, and I think I played thirty or something with the Bulldogs. Well, so that was pretty good. Well, I mean, you're a cult legend with the Panthers fans because I'm that image that I showed you yesterday. I posted to the Penrith Panthers Facebook fan group. And it's got like three thousand likes and all that stuff. So you're definitely a cult hero mm. in Penrith. <coughs> yeah, that's probably because of what I've done after football. I think mm. rather than Possibly. what I did on the field. Um, and Blake, the diehard Bulldogs tragic, also asks, what was behind the deciding factor to come down to play in the NSWRL after already you could say establishing yourself in the BRL? Uh, well, the reason I decided to come down was I. I, I teammate of mine Nick Geiger had uh, signed with Penrith and mm-hmm. he, I, I just said to him I'd like to come down what happened the year before uh, there was a player I played on the junior football uh, against his name was Ian Naylor I think and he played for Balmain he came down to Sydney and played for Balmain or Jeff Naylor sorry not Ian Naylor Jeff Naylor yep. I, played, I went, to, went to school with Ian well Jeff I'd played all my junior he played for East in Brisbane and he oh, decided okay. to he decided to come down and play for Balmain and I, I watched him from Brisbane and that was East successful. Tigers in the BRL, wasn't it? East Tigers yep. in the BRL, and he came down to play for the Belmont Tigers. Tigers. Yep. And I, I watched him play down here, and he was very successful. He played a lot of first grade, and I thought, geez, you know, I always classified myself as a, at least as good a player, if not a better player than him. And I thought, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Hey, that's uh, a good that, mentality to go in. Well, you know, it's just a matter of or never. So I decided I got an opportunity to go to, well, I could have gone to a couple of clubs. I got an opportunity. I got an offer from North Sydney. I got one from Cronulla. I got one from South Sydney, but I decided to go for Penrith. I enjoyed living out that part of the world. I didn't want to really be in the hustle and bustle of Sydney. Yep. yep. Not that it's not that it's as bad as you know. I, I live in Cronulla now, so I'm not really <laughs> I'm not really in the hustle and bustle. But I, you know, once I got down here, I realised they're no different to anyone else, all the Sydney people, because. Yep. Being a young bloke growing up in Brisbane, particularly the footballers, are put on a pedestal mm, they by were. by us up there and. 
when I got down here, I realised they were just exactly the same as us. In fact, I actually drank a bit more, which was good, <laughs> you know. So, but but it was, you know, I, I got an opportunity. I ended up going to Penrith, and you know, I ended up having five years there, two years of the dogs, and then two more at Penrith, which was great. Exactly. Um, and t- talking a bit of um, not your playing time, your OAM. What was that like to receive an Order of Australia? Well, I haven't actually received it yet. I, ah. I've been. I've been I, I actually get it in September. I um, well, uh, congr- COVID, COVID nineteen came on, so uh, it, I haven't actually received it. But I am an OAM. I, yeah. It was announced, I think, on Australia Day. So uh, I'm very humbled by it. I didn't never expected anything like that. But out of the blue, I someone rang me and told me that I'd been nominated, and I was looks like I was gonna gonna get it. So I thought, oh well. I'm not going to knock it back. So <laughs> yeah, who would? You know, uh, it doesn't get me any free stuff. I don't think I haven't used it to that extent yet. But I, but I, uh, you know, it's, but no, that's a, a lot of. It's an amazing mate, there's achievement. A lot of, there's, there's probably a lot of people who have got OAMs who really never expected them and never strive to get them. But yeah, you know, it's, like it's, that it's, wasn't it, their goal in life to get an OAM. No, it just happened. Well. It's an honour to receive it, and I'm not going to knock it back. Yeah, no, agreed. Honestly, very deserved. Um, now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I will definitely edit this out if if not. Um, mm. A few years ago, it was announced that you went were unfortunately the victim of cancer. Yes. Um, what was that like? What type of cancer was it, and how are you going these days? Uh, it was prostate cancer. Um, at the time, I probably didn't realise the significance of it. I always thought I was I was going to beat it. I, I never felt in any danger of losing my life. Mm-hmm. But I, I only found out really by a fluke. I had a bit of a chest pain so I went to see my local GP who was fantastic and he did a blood test and then he just uh, he just said uh, when the results came back he rang me up and said mate you might have prostate cancer and I said what? He said you might have prostate cancer but the, the, the secret to that is getting diagnosed early and then getting it out or getting it fixed anyway he sent me through I had some tests and saw a um, specialist and had an operation uh, in those days the operation I, I really struggled after it because I was incredibly sick. I was, I wasn't mm. well for about a week and a half, but I, I got better and uh, mate, I'm still here kicking. Hey. That was over. That was about eleven, ten or eleven years ago now. Yeah. So, so you know, the, 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 what you need to do is just get the word out to anyone. Say uh, any male over about forty, go and get yourself checked. Exactly. Yeah. Test. Well, I mean, I figured I'd use this platform if I've got you on the episode, given that you're a yeah. survivor of cancer. Um, yeah, by by all means, definitely anyone who's listening, if you're over forty, and whether it's your overweight, underweight, whatever weight, just in general, get yourself checked. Um, well, I mean, it's just a simple blood test, mate. It's mm. it's so easy. Yep. And uh, you know, it, it's no longer the finger just... up the butt. <laughs> well, well, that did happen. Ah. <laughs> but uh, but that that was just early days. I mean, mate, at the end of the day, it was ten seconds of a little bit of awkwardness, oh, rather than I wouldn't call it discomfort, but it was awkward. But uh. But, you know, if I hadn't gone and seen my doctor that day, I may well not be here today. Exactly. And so. the world would be definitely, well, at least Australia would be l- <laughs> less of, of a place with, without a yeah. great person like yourself in it. Um, now, <coughs> you after you finished your career um, as in playing, you then went over to coach the Broncos reserves and also the Bulldogs mm-hmm. reserves. What was it like going from player to coach? It was harder than I thought it would be. I, I actually I finished here in Sydney in '87. Yeah, that's I was always played the reserve grade. So yeah, yeah, we won a reserve grade grand final under Graham Murray, the great man who's unfortunately been 
he's passed away seven years ago, a couple of days ago, which is terrible. He was a fantastic coach. Anyway, I played my last game. I, I knew it was going to be my last season. I'd had enough, and I was going home to Queensland. Um, and out of the blue, I got a call from Wayne Bennett, who was mm. uh, see they they were just putting the Broncos together. Eighty eight yeah. was the first year the Broncos came into the competition. Yep. And he just said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just going to coming home. He said, do you want to coach the reserve grade here? They no longer have a reserve grade, Brisbane. It's all changed. But in the early days, they did. And I, I thought, A, I thought it was a great honour. And B, it was an opportunity to, you know, get home, stay involved in the game, uh, particularly stay involved in something exciting with the launch of the Broncos. Yeah. And because um, they had Wally Lewis playing for them, Alan Langer, Gene Miles. Colin you know, Scott, John, everyone. John Dowling, you know, they, they had a mini Queensland side so it was exciting <laughs> yep. it was exciting times and they started particularly well the Broncos in first grade well going uh, up against Manly that were the, the first game well, in particular <laughs> well that well Manly were the reigning premiers and Broncos smashed them but unfortunately my reserve grade side didn't do quite as well we, we finished about 12th I think but oh. I I realized I maybe I wasn't cut out for coaching I uh I probably uh, uh mixed with the boys a little bit more would have, um, and then I halfway on at half, and towards the end of the season, Bennett said, "Look, we're not going to need, use you next year." They went in a different direction, but I always said that was he sacked me because I was a threat. Um, <laughs> but whether that's true or not, I don't think it is. But as luck would have it, I got a call from Phil Gould, mm. uh, probably, probably a couple of weeks after the season finished. He said, "Look, I know you finished at the Broncos. Do you want to you want to come back to Sydney and coach the Bulldogs reserve grade?" Mm. Well, that, that wasn't hard to. To say yes to. I'd just gone through a divorce uh, or a separation, I should say, in my, in my uh, marriage, and that that was it was tough times for me. And I thought maybe I go back to Sydney and just start again, mm-hmm. um, which I I did do. Uh, I lived with Gus for twelve months. That was an experience. <laughs> what was that like? Uh, what are some of his quirks? Uh, I just restless, doesn't sleep. Okay. Oh, he's up most of the night. I'd, I'd go to bed, wake up in the morning. He'd still be in the same position, riding teams out. He just—he's intense, but he's—he's he's got a heart of gold. He, he looked after me big time. I struggling financially, and he helped me a lot in those days. So, I, I've got, I'm indebted to him in many ways. He—he he actually uh, pushed my name forward also for a, uh, a TV role. So, you know, he's, he's helped me immensely along the way, Gus. So, uh, I am appreciative of him, and I'm—you know—he he lives in the same sort of district as I do, he lives in the Shire, so I've, you know, I've been over, I've been over a couple of times to his place for a few drinky poos, yep. and uh, it's good, it's good, but yeah. I, mate, so, so anyway, I went to the Bulldogs in 89, I've, I then realised I can't coach, <laughs> so I, we end, I end up going with Gus to, to Cronulla, uh, to, to Penrith after that, believe it or not, we had, had a year with the, uh, Broncos 88 reserve grade coach 89 Canterbury reserve grade coach 1990 and I think yeah 1990 I went up to Penrith with Gus was just an assistant didn't do much made coffees ate donuts that was about it yep <laughs> and, and, and somehow I got into the media I, I finished in 91 I thought oh well that's it and I ended up getting a call from a bloke by the name of Brian Sanders mm-hmm. and uh, he, he was going to call the Penrith games locally in the, for uh, 2KA it was in those days yep and uh, he said, would you like to be my co-commentator? And I thought, mm, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a crack, a crack at that. Yeah. He said, oh, you get 50 bucks a game or something. And hmm. and uh, we, we did that. And I, I loved it. You know, I, I felt comfortable doing it. And, you know, I've sort of More been in the media. More or less been ever since. Well, I basically have been, yeah. Yeah, because you still, 
various different companies. I've had a number of radio stations I've been to, but now 2GB, and they've been terrific to me. Yeah, and you had stints on the footy show as well before that went defunct. Yeah, well, the footy show, I, I was on and off that number of times. I probably I probably had about 10 years on the footy show all yeah, up, I suppose. about that? So there were some great times. I, you know, I did a And who can forget the Lowe's ads? No one can forget well, the Lowe's ads. They were well, great. Well, mate, they, they've been... Well, I'm still doing them. They're, they're, yep. They've been fantastic to me. I mean, COVID has shortened the ads up a little bit, but uh, I'm still with Lowe's. I, I do... You know, catalogue shoots, I do internet shoots, I do TV, radio, I do a lot with them. They're, they're, they've been very they're a, loyal to me. They're a, wonderful, them. they're a wonderful business. Well, there's about, I think there's about 200 shops Australia-wide now. They're Australian-owned, mm-hmm. um, and they've stuck by me for a long time. I've been with them over 20 years now. They've been great. Wow. Great. Few fun questions. Uh, as I said, you got, you've been over to Gus's a few times for, for a few drinking poos. What's your beer of choice? Um, right at the moment, mate. I, I like a Great Northern. To mm. be honest with you, yeah. I, I do like a Great Northern. I don't mind a. Um, uh, oh, mate, I'll drink most beers. To be honest yeah, with you, same. <laughs> uh, Corona. I, I, I never used to like a Corona, but I know it's probably politically incorrect to like Corona during the virus. But <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, I've, I've warmed to the Corona a little bit. I, I quite like them with a bit of lime in it. So, yeah. mate, great, great Northern or, or a Corona, mate, I'll drink most things, mainly yeah. other than that. But, those, but those are the ones that, like, you'll go to the you go to the pub oh, yeah. and you'll order that on tap sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Uh, probably medium. Yep. I'm a very good chef. I, I've got my own barbecue cookbook. Are you oh, aware of that? Oh, no way. Yeah, Big Man's Barbecue Cookbook. It's mm-hmm. magnificent, mate. Well, I will find the links to for people to well, buy that online and I'll drop it in the mate, comments section. It's probably a bit cheaper now than when it first came out, but, uh, mate, it's a fantastic book. It covers mm. everything. It's very, very, very good. Dude, I'll definitely get onto that because I love me a good barbecue cooking. Oh, um, uh, well, mate, Barbecue Cookbook, <coughs> Big Man's Barbecue Cookbook, get into you. Oh, everyone, honestly, anyone who's heard that, you heard it here. Get, get, in, get into that if you like barbecuing. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, uh, I don't really know. I don't give that a great deal of thought, but probably to be invisible. Yeah. And then I could just hang around and listen to what people say about me. Yeah. Um, see if they bag me behind my back, which obviously happens everywhere. But, uh, um, mate, other than that, yeah, I'll probably be invisible. That'd be fun. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I've got two more questions for you. Um, yeah. So it, the first one is, um, which team, when you were playing was the toughest to go up against for you personally like as in mentally mm. and physically I hated playing Souths okay um, that, that was hard work we played I used to play at Redfern and it was always difficult there um, mate every side was tough mm. I mean every, they're, they're all, everyone anyone who plays first grade's tough you know it's not a it's not a game where if you're not tough you, you just won't make it mm, uh, sure. but South Sydney South Sydney were hard they, they had you know, Craig Coleman at halfback, he never shut up. He'd just give me a gobful. <laughs> Even though he was half my size, he'd just give it to me all the time and then he'd get his <laughs> mates on board and they'd try and bash me and, and the rest of the players. And, and then, then you had to then you had to uh, walk off the field and the fans would just give it to you. As ba- they were just as tough and as raucous and they used, to, they used to be really hard work, the South Sydney fans. And I don't think anything's changed. Um, but, mate, uh, but all sides were tough. I found Newtown quite hard to play against okay. at Henson Park because the, the dressing rooms were diabolical there. I think you had to go upstairs to have a shower, and oh. it was hard work. It, the, the, the rooms were it was really like, it small. Was as, it was as if it was rigged for Newtown Jets. Well, 
probably I don't know what their dressing shed was like, but ours was diabolical. And uh, but you know, uh, probably hasn't changed. I that was back in the early eighties. Mm. You know, seventy nine I started in Sydney, and then through the eighties. But Newtown were always tough. Tommy Radonica, oh, yep. you know, they always had tough forwards there as well. So yeah, it was it was always tough. Well, West's another one. At Lidcom Oval, they were hard oh. work as well. Honestly, you know, yeah. Dallas Donnelly and them. Alan Fowler. No, that was the nineties, I think. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he's probably after me. We got two more questions. Sorry, I forgot about yep. one other one. Uh, Roger from Sky Spark. He's a diehard Panthers tragic. He asks. If you had the opportunity to meet the teenage you, what would be three things you would say to help navigate him through the world? Uh, it's always pretty level-headed. What, navigate through the world or through the football world? Um, it says the world, so let's go through the football world. Okay, football world. One, train harder and be as fit as you possibly could. Uh, two, make sure you listen. Listen to people who know stuff. Don't listen to idiots. Which you know, I must admit, I didn't. I didn't really do that anyway. But I, I listen. And three, probably eat a little bit better than what I did, mm-hmm. and still don't do very well. Eat healthier. That's fair. Um, and honestly, that was kind of the last question I was going to give anyway. I was going to ask, do you have any advice just, for any kids that want to come to the game? But I guess that more or less helps. Go uh, well, that, that that would help. I mean, but also, you know, align yourself with good people. Don't uh, don't hang around. And with dickheads, um, you know, and, and you know what? I think most people generally know the right from wrong. So yeah. do the right thing. Don't do the wrong things, and uh, you'll grow up and lead a, a reasonably happy life, I would think, if you hang around with the right people. So you know, as I said, just if you see someone and you just think's doing the wrong thing, pull stay clear. Or, or, or yeah, either pull them aside and tell them they're doing something wrong, or oh. stay clear. You can do that. Up to you. I mean, some people don't want to do that. I mean, some some will go and pull them aside and say, "Mate, hey, pull your head in," but others will just say, "No, nah, leave me out." Yeah. You know, it's hard. Some people don't want to do it, so that's what I. That's be my advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, I guess that about wraps it up. Um, I'm just trying to think of the same thing. Uh, what else? Uh, word vomit. And what are you doing currently during this COVID crisis? And then we'll wrap. Uh, well, like most people, I've, I've got my two. I've got two daughters at home. Uh, my wife's at home, so they're, they're all work. Well, the two girls are working from home. My wife actually works at Canterbury League, so. Oh, wow. uh, but but I'm not doing much myself. We I've got the footy on Friday nights, Saturday and Sunday. So once a week, I see I'm complete opposite to most people. I, I don't do much during the week, and yeah. then when the when the weekend comes, I'm, that, I'm busy your, busy enough. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's so, your work for the for the weekend. Yeah. yeah, well, it is. But I've been blessed to, you know, had a decent career at Two GB, getting pretty well paid. So. I can't complain. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, well, again, thank you very much for joining me. And I'll get this episode probably up in... Oh, what's today? What is today? It's Wednesday, isn't Today's it? Today's Thursday. Oh, it's Thursday. So I'll probably have it up probably by tomorrow afternoon. I'll send you the links when it's all up so you can give it a listen. Good on you, CJ. Pleasure to chat to you, bud. Thank you very much. And ditto. Where, where are you based, mate? I'm on the Central Coast, mate. Okay, I thought so. You mentioned it before. I thought there was... Did I? Yeah. She said something about up there. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, I, I, was, think I, was you, born a... I think your sponsor might be from the Central Coast. Yes, yeah, yeah.